lovely, it's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience, can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Sexual Soulmates. What is up, you guys? We are getting ready to start the Soul Frequency Experience. It's happening soon. And if you have not heard the last few episodes, you can go back and hear more about how it was created, all of my lovely resistance and how I broke through that, thank goodness, the unique way that you are going to be coached daily for five weeks towards your intentions, and what the experience has meant to those who have done it. I always say, let's hear it right from the source, from the people who experienced it. So here are a few more things that women shared about it. This is from the second group that went through the program in April. Mary said, thank you, Shona, for taking your time to expound via the messenger chat and during our live sessions. To me, this is the most valuable part of the program. Anyone can read a book or fill out a worksheet, but to see your feedback real time to real situations coming up as we ponder the new constructs, wow, thank you. Jamie said, this experience was completely led by my soul's calling for me. I knew I needed support in my journey, but wasn't quite sure how to go about it. And when I heard of the Soul Frequency Sacred Circle, I knew that I needed to join. Revealing what I did within the group was not my plan, but at the very beginning, I knew that I must be honest, no matter how hard and afraid I was to speak the truth of what I've been engaged in for years. It was so freeing to finally look at it, not with shame, but with love. So awesome, Jamie. And Anna said... If you are actively engaging and participating, this experience can and will change the trajectory of your life. Life is suddenly full of so many possibilities. Shauna is an empowering mentor and having access to her knowledge and guidance is invaluable. There are several other awesome comments from the amazing women that were in the second um, round of the Soul Frequency Experience. Um, I will talk more about those on Instagram. My handle is at the soul frequency and be sharing more of those. Um, what's so special about this experience is being able to have access, right? Uh, any hour of the day, basically for five weeks to be coached through everything that comes to the surface. So obviously when we're in a experience, a program, a coaching relationship, stuff is going to rise to the surface. And to be able to have that addressed right away and to have that energetic shift and maybe even a perspective change that you need to have to keep moving forward is really powerful. We keep this sacred circle um, really tight. We stay together for a full five weeks and we expand the energy beyond that five weeks. So clearing out the blocks that happen in, in the soul frequency experience will also amplify your future. It will, for many people, change the trajectory of your future in certain ways. So you can sign up to join the Sacred Circle, and we'd love to have you. It's starting September 17th. You can go to thesoulfrequency.com forward slash experience. 
And this will likely be the last time I will lead this experience live and do the live coaching. Um, it's kind of in the works to change this into a digital program. So come be with us in this live experience and expand all of the possibilities in your life. And now let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you. And do you remember that song? I do. <laughs> it's an oldie but a goodie. And we are going to talk about sex for sure. Um, today it's happening. And I can't wait to dive into today's episode. Um, I feel we don't talk about sex enough um, in an open, honest, and candid way. We certainly um, have a lot of shame tied to sex in our society for a lot of people. And there's a time of awakening that's going on clearly, and we're awakening all parts of ourselves. So sex is a very important part of who we are and how we experience pleasure and how we create connection. And when you can co-create a sex, sexual soulmate bond, well, there's a lot of beautiful creativity and life force energy that's going to flow from that. So today, my guest is Susan Bratton. She's a champion and advocate for all who desire passionate relationships. She's considered the dear Abby of sex. Susan's fresh approach and original ideas have helped millions of people of all ages and across the gender spectrum transform sex into passion. Married to her husband, Tim, since 1993, Susan is an author, award-winning speaker, and serial entrepreneur who teaches passionate lovemaking techniques to her fans around the world. Susan has been featured in the New York Times and on CNBC and the Today Show, as well as appearing on ABC, CBS, The CW, Fox, and on NBC as The Marriage Magician. Susan is Chair Emeritus of the Ad Tech Conference. She was both CMO and a member of the Board of Directors for an Anthony Robbins tech startup, as well as serving on numerous boards throughout her career. In 2009, Susan was honored as a Silicon Valley Woman of Influence by the Business Journal and as a top 10 internet pioneer by Ad Age Magazine. In 2010, she was bestowed the Lifetime Industry Achievement Award by DMG World Media. Susan's straight-talking, fearless approach is rooted in her personal experience of watching her sex life wither while she and her husband pursued dynamic careers. When their relationship hit a crisis point, the couple made a fierce commitment to do whatever it took to keep their family together and revive the passion in their marriage. Today, she and her husband have the kind of dream relationship most people long since stopped believing is possible until they discover Susan's teachings. With no further ado, the lovely Susan Bratton. Susan, welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here today. We're going to talk all about sex. Yes. Yeah, I like that. I've been that. waiting for this. I have like a hundred questions and they're just mine. So, you know, forget about everybody else. No, I'm joking, you guys. This is going to be such a great conversation. And we've actually, let's see, we are, I think, 180 some episodes in and we've never talked just about sex for an episode. I mean, it comes up because it's good, but I can't think of a better person to share this episode with and your amazing wisdom. So before we even go into all of that stuff, take us back 
like why the passion for this to educate people on sex and to really help people understand pleasure and fulfillment and all of those things that you so beautifully do. Well, Shauna, one of the things that I really love about being on your show is that it's oriented toward being soulful and you're very much a transformational leader um, and you're an extremely inspirational person. So I love the nexus of um, inspiration and soulful sexuality. And I've never had the opportunity to be with someone like you before at the level of depth that I feel radiating from your heart on this show. So I'm really happy to have a conversation with you about this. And of course, you know that saying, um, your greatest wound becomes your greatest gift. I love that saying. And that was my journey. My husband and I were married for a decade and we drifted apart, mostly because um, after a decade of being what I would like to um, think about as being his masturbatory sock for a decade because he was getting off and I wasn't. I never had a penetration orgasm until I was 45. And so I always wanted to have great sex and the new relationship energy carried us for a while. But after a while, I was just like, oh, sex again? You want to have sex again? Like, I don't know. It's just not that good for me. I wish it was better, but it's just not really good for me. And, um, you know, that really just put a, drove a deep, painful, bloody, horrible wedge between us because he got angry. He emotionally checked out. He had a series of affairs to try to, to try to stay in the marriage with me because he loved me. And we had a child together who's now 22 and gorgeous and adorable and totally adjusted well. And thank God we figured out that we had to learn how to have sex to get good together in bed and to heal the intimate wounding that had come from our sheer ignorance. I mean, anybody can make a baby. We know how to do that at a biological level without any training, but nobody teaches us how to make passionate love. And you certainly don't find that on porn and you don't get that in your education and your parents don't model it and there's nowhere to go. And I said, oh my God, you mean we just learn these things and our sex gets so incredible, we need to start a company teaching people how to make passionate love. Not how to have sex, how to make love. So 13 years ago, we started Personal Life Media together because our sex was so good after learning some simple techniques that were like, oh my God, all our friends are dropping like flies. We have to give them this information. Let's start a company. We started as a podcast network. Yay! <laughs> 15 years ago, we had 40 shows on iTunes and, and uh, it was very difficult to monetize. So we ended up teaching sex techniques that you could buy online and we launched programs, expand her orgasm tonight, female liquid orgasm, revive her drive, keep her coming, the passion patch, sexual soulmates, so the seduction trilogy, steamy sex ed video collection. You know, we ended up over the years just launching the things we felt that people needed to get the skills to become people that get on what I like to call the 
upward pleasure spiral where sex keeps getting better and better instead of worse and worse. And my husband and I just celebrated our 26th wedding anniversary and I'm 58 years old and our sex life has never been better. I've never been hotter. I've never been more orgasmic. We've never been closer and more intimate. So I am proof, living proof, you can go from misery to soul matery. <laughs> yes. I love that. And what you, you know, I think you bring up such important points that you, we aren't educated on it. And even if you were to go to most of the people in your life, they're not educated on it. I mean, it's, it's like we, it's like with healthy food too, right? It's like a lot of times you're trying to learn from parents and they don't, you know, they're not eating healthy. And so where do you even get this information? And I think what you're kind of breaking down and why I love your amazing work so much is I think a lot of times people really feel like, you either know how to do this and are comfortable in this domain or not, and that's it, right? Like that's just something you're either born with and, and it looks like from the outside, some people might be super sexual or not, and that's forever. And I love how you talk about just education and how your own story is, hey, I was, you know, 10 years into my marriage and wasn't feeling it, and we co-created this together. And can you talk about a little bit, I know we're going to go into lots of different stuff, but like. Where did that begin for you? Because I feel like that happens, you know, with children and life and careers and everything that happens in kind of the mid sector of our life gets very busy. And so you guys, did you have a conversation one night and just kind of say, hey, let's figure this out and let's get closer in this way. And then what, how'd that begin for you? Two gin martinis into <laughs> our 11th <laughs> wedding anniversary dinner. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So good. We were like, dude, what are we going to do? Like, it's no good anymore. And you're so checked out and I'm so pissed. And I didn't at that time even know he was having these serial affairs. And, and people are like, how can you forgive him for cheating on you? And I said, well, he didn't do it to me. He was trying to get his needs met. You know, well, I didn't know why I wasn't happy and didn't like my sex with him, why I'd gotten bored. And he didn't know. He, and there was a point at which he thought, well, maybe she's a lesbian, you know, because she doesn't want to have sex with me. So I, I wanted to have good sex. And I, I, I wasn't having it after the new relationship energy wore off after a couple of years. I got bored. That's the thing with us women. We have voracious sexual appetites once they are turned on in a good way. And I mean, honestly, any given woman could have a stable of lovers, a turned on woman. I mean, we can really have incredible sex and incredible orgasms. But if we have partners that don't know what they're doing and we don't know what we're doing and you know, it just, it just makes it miserable. So yeah, it was just, we just got, the first thing we did was we read Brad Blanton's book. You should have him on your show. I can introduce you. Radical Honesty. And we said, we have everything to lose here, man. We're going to screw up our daughter's life. We're going to have to give up our Silicon Valley mansion. We're going to have to split everything. We're going to have to start over. I can't find anybody better than you. I love you. You're my best friend. We just need to fix this, this our sex life. And it started out with me needing to, to get some counseling because I had been sexually abused by my stepfather. And I was dissociating during intercourse, during sex, when literally when my husband would put his penis in me, it would take all my energy down. I would just go into this feeling of almost misery. And we realized I had to deal with that. 
And he had to let go of the cheating. And it was so funny too, because his, the last girlfriend that he was having sex with, she was in a sexless marriage. He was in a sexless marriage. They were just trying to get by. She tried to get him to leave me. And she was like, you need to have sex every day. If your wife isn't having sex with you every day, you need to come with me. You should just divorce her. So she was trying to get him to leave me while I was trying to fight for our marriage. And we went to therapy and our therapist, the first therapist we went to said, well, you know, you just kind of have to expect that sex isn't going to be as good as when you first got married. And my husband's like, <laughs> walked out of that session and said, we're never going back to her. She's not the one. We went, met with another therapist who said, because my husband at this time was like, I have to have sex every day because his girlfriend was telling him to say that. And he was like really missing and missing out on it and angry and everything. And you know, I need to have it. And, and so then the therapist we went to number two, she was like, I think you're a sex addict and sent him to sex addict classes and stuff. <laughs> no, he's like, I'm not a sex addict. I don't wake up in hotel rooms, you know, with hookers and blow and God knows what. And <laughs> I just want my wife to want to have sex with me. I just want her to want me. So then the therapist was like, okay, well, it's you, Susan, you're the problem. So then it was like, take all that, deconstructed. He stuck with me through the whole thing taught me how to stay conscious and present during lovemaking. We started going to sex workshops. I mean, taking off our clothes in a room full of people and learning sex techniques. Talk about edgy, mm -hmm. but we had everything to lose. So I did it. I remember every time we would go on our way to some sex workshop to learn something, and they were all great, don't get me wrong. But every time I would have to stop, get out of the car and have a freaking meltdown on the side of the road because I was so anxiety ridden by having to put myself in these super vulnerable situations. So after we went through the whole process and we started getting the skills, and we started to have good sex and I started to have orgasms from penetration and we started to have, do all these different things. We were like, we have to make this easier for other people because this just about <laughs> killed us. How can we give people the tools they need to overcome their trauma, find their pleasure, expand their orgasm, connect with each other in the bedroom, have good communication, you know? <laughs> and really that was what created our company, which was we essentially want to bring these things to people online to do in the privacy of their own home so they don't have to get naked in front of a bunch of sweaty old bears that want to hug them and sex <laughs> You know, I swear those sex workshops are filled with some sweaty old bears, like mill and hug, mill and hug. And you're like, suddenly I just have to go to the bathroom. I can't even get one more sweaty bear hug, you know? You know what's so funny about what you say too is it's like, I think, you know, I feel that same way about going through just a massive transformation in my life and going, okay, if I would have known what I know now, it would have gone so much easier and wanting to give that gift to other people yes. because you make it through and you're just like, wait a second. In hindsight, that didn't need to be that, right? It could have been better. And so I love that pure, I think it's a pure desire when you've gone through things like that to share and to give people in the privacy of their own home, the tools that they need. Because I think you're right, people don't know where to go to get that. And I think it's so beautiful that you guys are doing that and doing that together and the relationship that you've built. And I want to talk a little bit about the trauma aspect because yeah. you've obviously been doing this for 13 years. Like how prevalent do you feel like it is for women in general, the, the trauma piece to what is holding them back sexually? I think probably um, 60 to 70% of women have been sexually traumatized and probably about 40 to 50% of men have been sexually traumatized. Yeah. When you take into account 
Um, and it could be equal for men and women. I just don't hear men's stories as much because they are actually just a little more suppressed in men. But if you take everything from gynecological exams to boyfriends or girlfriends that have shamed you or your parents have shamed you about your genitals or um, any number of things that can go on in relationships or you watch too much porn and you think you're not enough or whatever. I mean, there's, and then this, societal repression, religious repression. I mean, religious repression is probably the number one sexual trauma experience of people. And so there's so many things that I didn't list them all. I did not, and, and genital shame is huge. People don't even look at their genitals. They don't, they don't love them. Yeah. They don't embrace them and appreciate them. So there's just this giant stack of stuff that happens. It's funny too, on my YouTube channel, my main video, when you come to my YouTube channel, and that's where I put a lot of my energy is YouTube, because I like to be visually expressed and dress up in funny costumes and kind of disarm the subject of sex a little bit. Like I have literally a whole series on, uh, fellatio blowjobs that I dress up as a Bavarian barmaid. It's my Bavarian barmaid blowjob series because there's blowjobs are so, so awesome. <laughs> You're so awesome. You guys have to check out our YouTube channel. It's so great. Like I just, Ridiculous. I, I feel like, I mean, I'm watching, I was watching the videos and I'm like, I just love her. Like, you're going to love her. Like I'm serious. You watch the videos and you're just like, this is the most amazing. And it also reminds me too, I just, on a side note, cause sometimes we don't know what it's like for someone for the first time to consume what we create. But the word that came to me too is freedom. Mm. And I think ultimately we all want to be free, right? And, and to be as a woman and, and a man too, in your power as a healed sexual being yeah. is such freedom. And when I was watching that, I'm like, not only is it fun and entertaining and, and has so much great information, but you can feel your freedom. And it like, it kind of moved me. Like I was like, oh, when I see people that feel their freedom have done the work to feel their freedom, it's just always, um, like I have like a full body, like emotional reaction to it. Cause I think it's so beautiful. And I think it's ultimately the the key thing that we want in this experience. Sometimes we think it's other things, but if you really peel back the layer, it's that freedom to be all of who you are and to have fun doing it. And that's what I love. And I love your YouTube channel. <laughs> Sorry, I went off on a, on a love tangent here, but oh, I, uh, <laughs> I love the love. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so good. So what would, so what would be like one thing that you would say, let's say, you know, somebody's listening to this and they're driving home from work and, and they're thinking like, I'm going to go home and I'm feeling inspired about this whole conversation about sex and pleasure and feeling free. What's one like simple first step that people, someone could do tonight or today listening to this um, to just kind of shift the energy around what, what sex has been, or maybe if they're feeling closed down, or maybe if they're feeling disconnected in a relationship or with themselves. Yeah, I think going back to what I started to say about the video that was my main video on my Better Lover YouTube channel was that I reveal basically a whole 
uh, just a, like a laundry list of all of the things that happened to me, all the tr sexual traumas that happened to me in my life, and that I've overcome them all and become that woman who is sexually self-expressed as a model for the possibility for others. I provide, I, I want to provide my inspiration through my own being of happiness and comfort and confidence and security around my sexuality and my sexual self-expression and how I continue to grow. And I think that the one takeaway that I would want someone to think about as a result of our conversation today is that no matter how bad it's been for you, it can be good. No matter what you're dealing with right now from lichen sclerosis to vaginal pain to um, you know painful sex, pelvic pain, hormonal imbalance, anger at your partner, your partner being ill, traumas from the past, not having a partner. You know, there's a million things that get in the way that are the roadblocks to us having truly transcendent spiritual sexual connection with ourself and with another lover or even multiple lovers. And that is just a working through and a letting go for many people, the trauma has to be dealt with both in the forgiving and forgetting and moving on and changing the station, the radio station in your brain to K-L-U-V, K-Love, right? You're listening to and repeating patterns of betrayal and bitterness and trauma, and they can be healed both intellectually, if you will, by getting control of your mind and your state, but they can also be healed somatically in your body. And most people who have been traumatized, their partner helps them heal. My husband helped me heal. He went to the therapist and helped me get through and work through and find forgiveness for my stepfather abusing me, realizing that, man, I was just an innocent, beautiful little girl. And I went back to who I was in my essential self before he sullied me. And I also used my forgiveness to understand that he lived a terrible life being a, a child molester and a pedophile and a sexual deviant and a sociopath. I've had to forgive him and feel compassion for him that man, I was the one that got off better. It's random. You know, it, it just things happen in our life from all kinds of reasons, whether it was that gynecologist that, that hurt you or that, you know, not that all gynecologists do, but for some people that even a, even a going in and having a medical procedure can be a, a traumatic experience that draws you in, makes you shrink and contract from your sexuality. So really honoring both the emotional, the spiritual, and the physical, the somatic I did a beautiful series about somatic experiencing technique with Ariel Gioretto on my YouTube channel. And we talked a lot about how a partner can heal the other, can help with the healing. My husband did goddess G-spot massages on me for a year to release all that pain and upset. My vagina was so armored and hard and brittle and ridgy and shut down that part of the reason that when he entered me it took my energy down was that I was so 
armored from the abuses I had taken, the shame I had endured, and the survivor guilt I had around it. And he just worked with me, man. I can remember the first couple of times when things started to release. I would, I would have, I remember one time I had this experience where I, I had this almost sc screaming laugh that sounded like the wicked witch of the East, like the scariest, like the devil came out of me. And it was a traumatic release moment. And then I remember having ones where I would roar like a freight train was going by. And he, my husband just freaking held space for me to have those experiences. I would just sob and he would hold me while I sobbed. But boy, over time, as that release happened, and everything softened and I softened to him and he just got me through the letting go of all that. And now I look back at it, I look back at it and I really don't feel like, I mean, I'm sure there are things that I do that are coping mechanisms from the traumas that I've experienced in my life. Cause I think we all have those ways of being to get approval or to be loved that come from responses to traumatic experiences. But generally I feel quite whole, quite sane, quite empowered, and quite sexually vital, and very much living in my, no, my, not only my sexual expression, but just my general life creativity expression. Like right now, I'm doing this sexual vitality summit. I'm getting ready for this event. And um, I've wanted to heal the world. <laughs> and I thought, how can I do that? How can I take the thousands and thousands and thousands of issues that people have and give them one thing that they can do themselves to find the solutions and to talk about the problems. And I created this thing called the magic pill method. I'll give you a link to it, Shauna. It's, um, it's a conversational structure. It's a communication technique. Because most people, when they hit that wall of pain, emotional pain or physical pain around their sexuality, they don't have the words to communicate what they need. And so they don't talk about it. And then months go by and years go by and it's 20 years, 30 years, and you haven't had intimate connection with your partner. And you've been living in this way of not being touched and loved fully and not connecting with the divine in your lovemaking because you didn't have the words. So I created a structure for how you have the conversation, how you hold each other in safe container, how you talk about the what it used to be like, what it could be like now, what, what's painful for you, what could be pleasurable for you, what your life could be like if you could work on some things, how you can find solutions together. There's solutions to almost every, there's a solution to every single issue. No, I'm like unstumpable. I could be a game show where people just walked in and gave me their sexual issues and I'd be, all right, do this, do this, do this, do this, say these things, figure this out. There you go. Off you go. Here you go. You're good now. <laughs> True. True. I believe that too. I believe that. And communication is key. I love that you created the magic pill because sometimes it's just 
knowing a word to go in with or a sentence or how to phrase something. It's like getting over that hump of the beginning of a new conversation and having a framework for that really helps people do it, right? Because we've all been there. You come up to the doorway of maybe an uncomfortable conversation and you're like, eh, I'll do it tomorrow. You know what I mean? You're just like, I'll put it off because it feels uncomfortable and I don't want to say the wrong thing or I don't know what to say. And so I find that so helpful. And I love everything you shared about, you know, what I know to be true is that the body is a record keeper of our lives and that the things that we go through, um, be it in this life and other lives, uh, they're stored as energy in the body. And to have the intimacy of a partner be able to really be with you on a journey of releasing whatever that looks like, right? Like, cause sometimes, I mean, I know from my own experiences, like release feels vulnerable as all get out. Like, and, and there are things sometimes in the middle of a massive release that you're almost witnessing yourself having this response going, what is happening right now? Like this, is, I've never heard myself cry like this, or I've never heard myself express like this. And it's just the body's way of moving out this energy. And, and in, in the clearing of that is the peace. In the clearing of that is the authenticity and to experience somebody holding space for you like your husband did is intimacy like no other. I mean, the the comfort and the security in that is so beautiful. And I think it's a gift that we, again, aren't really taught. We, there, there's not a common understanding that we grow up about how we really heal and how we move energy out of the body. And yet I think it's a time where we're all learning this if we take it on and if we have great teachers like yourself who, who share with us the path. And, um, and I think it's an opportunity to create a connectedness that we may have never known in our life before that's so beautiful. And so I love this. And the sexual vitality, how many, you have a ton of experts that are going to be on this amazing event. Can you tell us a, just a little more? Yeah. Um, I wanted to say what I like to do is transmute conflict or um, fear of confrontation into comfort and co-regulation. Yes. Uh, Highly performing couples learn to be co-regulators for each other. That's also a learned skill. And if you're single, you can be a co-regulated person with a best friend, with a mom or dad, a brother or sister. This does not need to be Um, you don't, you are not alone. You can have trusted confidence who co-regulate you. So the sexual vitality summit is a culmination of really um, the last decade of me understanding that there are three legs to the sexual stool. The first is understanding sexual skills, anatomy, pleasuring techniques, learning orgasm skills, because we can make babies. We know, how, we know that we're biologically wired to procreate, but we do not know how to make love. And then sexual communication skills are very, very good. And one of the gift that I have for you today is about that. And it's called the Sexual Soulmate Pact. And it's at sexualsoulmatepact.com. So we'll circle back to that. So there's the techniques, the physicality, the communication skills, the emotional co-regulation. And then the third thing is sexual health. Because boy, a lot of stuff goes wrong with our vulvas and our bodies and our partner's penises and their bodies over the years. And if you want to make love until the day you die, which 
which is super good for you and for so many reasons, um, you're going to have to treat it like your car. It needs the tires changed and, you know, all <laughs> little tune up here and there. Yeah. I mean, I am really big. And one of the things that got me going on this whole sexual vitality thing was vaginal restoration um, because I was doing hormone replacement, but I was still having pain with intercourse around 55 years old. And so I went in and I had some vaginal restoration procedures done. I'd love to tell you about those if we have time. But the Sexual Vitality Summit, I assembled my dream team of 28 experts that looked holistically at functional issues, um, specific sexual issues, STIs, pelvic, pelvic healing, um, hormonal and non-hormonal situations like non-hormonal birth control with Jolene Brighton, right? I mean, that's so important for us to get off the hormones, get off the pills now, um, and uh, deal with trauma, rewrite our libido stories, release our judgments and our misunderstandings about sex, and then understand the whole kind of sexual rejuvenation, restoration options, such as gains wave and penis pumps and pee shots for men and uh, things like the RF device from Vaviv and O-Shots, PRP for women and understanding high quality lubricants and using healthy sex toys that don't have phthalates in them, understanding our gut and vaginal and breast and prostate microbiomes and how to care for them. I mean, there is really a lot that goes into keeping healthy sexual function that still also just starts with the foundation of health, which is getting your blood moving and eating good food and getting sleep and making sure you're not too stressed and all those things. It's so true. It all ties together and it's the way we take care of ourselves. And I think, you know, we think about taking care of ourselves in so many different ways and we don't really think of it as much sexually. It's kind of the thing that falls off to the side and yet it's the most important thing in some respects to keeping our lives, you know, the vibrance in our lives and the pleasure in our lives and the connection in our lives. And so I love that you put this together. We made a little link to make it easy. You can go to the soulfrequency.com forward slash sexual vitality. If you want to go and see, and you guys, you just have how many people? How many did you say? 30? 28. 28, 28 different interviews with experts on all of these different subjects. I'm going to be signing up for that, you guys. So I hope you join me and um, there'll be a lot to learn. I'm a lifelong learner. And so I have literally made it through part of your YouTube channel, but I will be going through <laughs> all of your YouTube channel and the Sexual Vitality Summit. Um, I have it on my calendar and it's going to get done. So oh. that's what I do, you guys. I like when I find cool information, I know life is busy, but I just, I throw it on my calendar and I make a priority of time to learn and grow. And I just schedule out time for myself before I schedule all the other stuff. Because otherwise, if you schedule all the other stuff, Stuff, you don't make time for yourself. And so especially I know us women, we get into this. And so just giving you a little tip on how I make time to do this, even if it's like later at night or early in the morning or the funky little times that we don't really think about, I squeeze it in, right? So I love this. I'm going to, um, I wanted to also give, you had a gift, right? So yeah. do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, what I'm going to give you is the sexual soulmate pact. Um, 
my best, I have two best-selling books. One is called Relationship Magic, and that teaches you to understand what your relationship values are and what your partners are, because they're different. You're in a relationship together for very different reasons. And I've sold over 25,000 copies of that. And then my other book, which is an international Amazon number one bestseller, which takes some work to get these days, is Sexual Soulmates, The Six Essentials for Connected Sex. And it's essentially accumulation of the six sex techniques that I think move the needle for people more than any other advice that I've given in over, you know, going on 15 years of helping people learn how to make love. And I'm just going to tell you what the six essentials are, because I think that's a good thing to start with before we get into what the sexual soulmate pact is. So the, and I got to find the page where they, I have my little bulletproof, my little bullet list of them right up in the front. Um, the very first one is learning how to be present, getting out of your mind and into your body. And I give some very specific techniques for that. The second is called what is what I call lover space, setting the lover space. Women, especially we're very, um, our environment is very important to us. Um, it needs to be the right temperature, the right lighting, the right music. We need to be hydrated. The sheets need to be clean. The towels need to be soft. The lube needs to be warm. The toys need to be clean. The, you know, whatever, all our things. And so how do you set your lover space so that you can surrender to your pleasure so that you take the time to actually get the pillows under your legs and be comfortable relaxing when he's going down on you and things like that. Uh, and then polarity, understanding that outside of the bedroom, we might be platonic equals, but inside the bedroom, we want to create the masculine feminine, even as same sex couples and ways to feel that magnetic difference between ourselves and to create that in our lovemaking and our sexing. The next is embodied sexuality. And that's much more around um, feeling each other. I feel you. I'm taking my pleasure feeling you. I'm not just touching you to get you to do something to have an effect. It's about um, feeling sensation, being able to stay with sensation, to increase sensation. You won't get really good at having all of the 16 kinds of orgasms you can have as a woman until you really understand how to feel and sustain and, and be in and ride waves of pleasure. That's when you become a wave rider, you uh, start to become, or, or you start to have orgasmic mastery. And then something called erotic play dates, which I think is so important when you are in a monogamous relationship, because frankly, women get bored very quickly in the bedroom, much faster generally than men do. Men could pretty much just have intercourse every morning and just be, feel pretty good about it, a couple different positions. But women, we get bored very quickly. We need a lot of wildly different stimulation, much more fantasy, much more um, just... Uh, encouragement, verbal appreciation. Um, there's just a lot of things that we need. So learning new things together is what keeps on a long-term relationship really getting on that upward pleasure spiral. And, and I give a bunch of ideas about different things you can learn together as couples to keep your sex life really hot and getting better. And then the last one, and last but not least, is this sexual soulmate pact. And Really what it is, is um, let me net it out for you. It's a bedroom communication skill. And um, often, let, let's, I'm going to make this simple, though this works for 
across the gender spectrum of anyone who identifies as anything from a gender perspective. I'm just going to go with the man-woman thing um, to make it simple so I get the polarity. And I'm also going to talk a lot about it from the perspective of testosterone and estrogen, because they are wildly different hormones that drive our behavior, especially in the bedroom. So testosterone is very goal-oriented. It wants to do a good job. It thinks it knows everything. It doesn't need to stop and ask directions. <laughs> it, um, uh, 80% of men think they're above average in bed. <laughs> well, that's not mathematically computable. Why do they think that? Because they're very sure. Because testosterone is the molecule of certainty. So that's why when you give a guy, a testosterone penis owner, some kind of um, correction, if you will, hey, could you do it higher, lower, softer, harder, he contracts and he thinks you've told him he's doing a bad job because he needs respect most of all. And so women have learned to keep their mouth shut and take whatever they can get because if they upset him, it's worse than just putting up with something that's a little scratchy or annoying. And I want to reverse that and empower women to speak up and actually empower their male, their male partners or their masculine partner to um, love to get feedback and to understand that feedback's not failure. Feedback is what empowers him to do a good job making love to you, which is his number one thing. Most men will give up their pleasure to make their woman feel good. We are their number one goal, if you will, their pleasure, because they have to compete to get inside the velvety love cave. It's competitive for men. If they do a shitty job, we'll go have sex with somebody else. So they got to do a good job. So they need help, but you have to do a circle around the testosterone certainty thing so they don't contract. So what the feminine needs is to be appreciated and encouraged in the bedroom. She needs to know everything's okay that she's safe, that he's got her, that she's in good hands, that she can surrender her nervous system to him and he has enough skill to deliver the pleasure she is she requires to get off. And he cannot know what to do because estrogen is hormonally cyclical, much more so than testosterone. He's cyclical day-to-day -day morning wood. She's cyclical month-to-month -month lunar lunar woman. So what felt good to her today doesn't feel good to her tomorrow. She wants something entirely different. I use, if you think about the genetic phylum, the, if you zoom out to all of the living things in the world and you think about there's fungi and there's mycocilium and there's animals and there's plants and there's all these living things. And then you go into the animal kingdom and you look at all the animals in the kingdom and you look at the whales and you look at the dolphins and you look at the tigers and you look at the turtles and you look at the ants and the bees and right in there, one of the lines, one of the branches of the, of the tree of animal life on planet earth is all of the homo and hominids the monkeys, the bonobos, the chimps, the gorillas, the orangutans, the homo sapien. We're a friggin' monkey. We're a friggin' monkey. We just have a monkey with a big brain. We're just a big brain monkey. And so when a couple understands that we're hormonally cyclical animals, then all of a sudden you're on the same team and it's like you too are just saying what the animal needs in that moment.
What do you want? Light, soft stroking. I'm a kitty cat today. I need long strokes. I want to be held. Don't push me around. I'm languorous or I'm a lioness. I'm going to paw you. I'm getting on top of you. I'm going to ride you and use your penis as the tool for my pleasure. Just get down there. I'm on it. I'm so horny. I'm ready. I'm just ravenously sexual today, you know? And so we're all of the the magnitudes within us, right? The multitudes within us. Yes. And so when a couple is like, oh, right, we're just friggin' monkeys and we're hormonally cyclical. And so we're always going to want something different in every moment. And if the couple is cool with that and they're like, oh, okay, so I'm not doing anything wrong. You're just telling me what that animal is telling you. I call it reporting in from your animal. Okay, here's what she wants. Here's what my pussy wants today, right? (laughs) And so then when he understands that you're just this woo all over the map thing, because that's what estrogen is. It's just like a whirling dervish of, you know, craziness. And when he understands that, then you've gotten him close to realizing that it's not that he has to know everything. But then here's the tricky part. And boy, some of these men, oh my God, they are so stubborn. You have to be super patient. I mean, it could take some of you with your partner, with those kind of like a little bit dumb shit guys that are like super stubborn, you know, if you've got one and you love him, but some of our guys are like stubborn as hell. And so they bristle at the yoke. They don't want to be told what to do. And for that guy, you got to just keep reinforcing him all the time. He will get it. Don't give up. What you do is you say, there's an inequity between the masculine and feminine. The masculine is the one that holds the frame of strength. And so when I give you feedback, I, want, I need you to thank me. I need to know I did a good job telling you. I need to know you want my feedback. I need to be reassured and appreciated. And the simple thing you can just say is, thank you, baby. Got it, baby. How's this? Thanks, baby. Okay, better. Right? That's all I need you to do is acknowledge that you're fine. Because when I give you feedback, if you go, Well, I was trying. You liked it yesterday. I'm never going to give you any more feedback. And then we're never going to get good in bed together. We're never going to be able to deal with the animal bodies we live in. So if you could just say thank you every time I give you feedback. And I I am not going to say please. Because if you understand the, the brainwave states of the animal body, when we're in our surrendered, turn-on, sexy, orgasmic trance state, we're in theta brainwaves. We're in meditative state. That spiritual sexual connection is like just let go. There's, we're not worried about anything. We're just feeling. We're playing off each other in real time. We're turning each other on. It's all incredible. Thank you and please don't live in that state. Thank you and please live in the beta state. You and I are in beta right now. We're awake, aware, connected, verbal. We are using our high function systems. That's not the system for orgasm. I'm not having orgasms right now. I do when I go to yoga class, when I get in a meditative trance state, right? Then I can have orgasms on the mat, right? So all that breath work and yoga, that makes me come in my yoga class because that's a different state. So if 
you don't have to say please and thank you. And he understands that you're blurting it out so you can just stay and you say, baby, you're on my hair. Okay, thank you, baby. Baby, can you go lower? Go slower. No, go slower. Go, go slower. Even slower. Yeah, baby, that's it. Okay, thank you, baby. If you get to that point where he loves the feedback and he thanks you for it and appreciates you and acknowledges and you stay in that theta state and just tell him what you need to tell him so he can give you the most incredible orgasms of your life, woo! So great. When it gets good, that's the sexual soulmate pact. It's so great. It's so awesome. And understanding like how we're really built, right? Like, like how our brain works. I mean, this is so, it's so intelligent, like to know the behind the scenes. When you get caught up at that surface level stuff is where the mess happens, right? But if you get deeper with the knowledge, like you just gave us, and by the way, when I was saying that's one thing you could do when you go home, if you have a partner, um, that's one thing you could do, right? Like that's one thing to start explaining. And I think I find it so fun to come home and just something new I learned and just be like, honey, like you got to learn that you got to hear this. And he's always so amazing and cool. And like, it's so fun to explore like new information that breaks through. And that is new information for me. So I am going to be exploring this. And I hope every one of you listening is going to explore it as well for yourself. It's so awesome. And I want to say one quick thing about that. I wrote the book more for men to read than women so that women could print it out. It's just a little, it's a little downloadable PDF at sexualsoulmatepack.com. And it's, um, it's something you can print out and you can read together over date night dinner and make the agreement that you'll try doing it and then start doing it. And I made it such that it's easy for him to understand because guys really like checklists. They like to know the step-by-step. Women want to know the emotional fluff around it. And men just are like, tell me what I got to do. Just give me the steps. (laughs) So it's written in a way that it's for lovers to make the agreement. So great. It's so helpful. I think that's awesome. And I am going to ask you the four questions now that we ask all of our guests on the show. Um, It's based on a process that I take people through called the anatomy of transformation. We also call it energetic alchemy around here. And the first step in that is truth. And I think that when you come across a very deep truth, like it kind of sometimes like bowls you over, um, it's a powerful catalyst in your life. So what is a deep truth that you've come across, maybe even recently in your life, that just really had an impact for you? The deepest truth I ever realized was how much I wanted my husband to take care of me. Security ends up being my number one relationship value. And as a woman brought up by a woman in the 60s who did not have good husbands. I love my mother. And she tried to make sure that I would always be able to take care of myself. And she said, never trust a man, always have your money on the side, always be able to give, get out. And for a deck, for the first decade of my marriage with my husband, I did not give him my full heart because what I really realized was I was always holding back. I, I missed a decade of loving my man fully because I was thinking that I had to protect myself when what I really wanted was to give myself completely. And once we got radically honest and I made it, I I made my own truth about how I wanted my man to take care of me. um, Then that allowed me to have um, a safe 
platform to be completely my wonderful creative self. And my husband to this day is the wind beneath my wings. I was sitting with my best friend and she's been married to her husband for a decade and he has clipped her friggin' wings for a decade. He's a conservative, small-minded bastard. And I've held my tongue for a decade and I cannot hold my tongue about it any longer. I love her so much. And I said, what I am doing, and I have to describe this to you as you're listening was, I envision my best friend as having angel wings, those seraphim white kind of Victoria's secret angel wings sprouting from her. And one day recently I said, I'm what I'm doing now. And I would take my hand and I would put these little things along her wings. Uh, like I was gluing something back on these little wings around her. And I said, do you know what I'm doing? And I just kept doing it. And she said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm taking all of the edges of the wings that your husband has clipped off you for the last decade. And I am energetically gluing them back onto you, my girl. Here you go. Now you fucking fly. You fly now. No more. I'm not standing for it. You have Stockholm syndrome. You think you're in a good or a reasonable situation. You're in a shit situation. You have to see that you are not the luminous being you could be because of this. And she's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. So sometimes you even have to tell people their truth. Yes. He oh my gosh. Yes. And yes. And I actually feel like it's, we owe that to people because sometimes we can't see our own truth and the people yeah. that can help us who know us well and who can help us see it should help us see it. That yeah. is so powerful. What is the second pillar is release. So when you stepped into this truth, what was released? Like this intimate ability to relate to your husband, not from the lens that your mother gave you, but from the truth of your soul, what had to go? Um, separate checking accounts had to go. Joining together, allowing him to support me, allowing, not financially, we, we always bring in the money together, but he manages it. Um, separating the wedge. One of the things I say about the heart is, you know how we talk about the portal of our heart, that our heart is a door? Yep. Well, it's interesting about doors. Doors swing open and they swing closed. And the more that you open your heart and the more that you actually love, and it's interesting how love works. My mentor, Deborah Annapol, taught me uh, the seven spiritual laws of love. I had never realized that if you want to feel more love, you give more love. That we actually feel more love when we're giving love than we do when we're receiving love. Yeah. And the more that you open your heart and give love and feel love and receive love, the more that when that love gets taken away, the more deeply it hurts, but that we can sustain the full spectrum of that emotion. And that's what being alive is. It's not keeping your heart closed. This is interesting. Oh, Shauna, I really wanted to talk to you about this today. I would love to come back sometime and talk about betrayal with you. Yes. I'd love to talk to. about betrayal and forgiveness with you because you have the right physiology, intelligence, EQ, IQ to really go deep around 
forgiving, forgetting, getting over betrayal. Because what I've noticed with people is they get hurt sometimes as small children yep. and never, never love or open their heart again. They never put themselves out there again because they got hurt once. And I'm like, oh, you just got to get that muscle working. You got to get yeah. that door swinging. Hey, you can sustain. People can handle the truth. People can hold on to heart. They can manage through heartbreak. We are strong and resilient. So if yep. you're just protecting and not loving and bitter and not forgiving and all that stuff, you're just missing a world of love that's available to you. So I'd say that's the release is the release of that hinge and just letting it swing. And sure, it's going to swing back sometimes, but when you just fling open the door of your heart as wide as possible, and don't worry when it comes back once in a while in sadness, feel the freaking feels. Yep. Yep. I wrote a whole book about that called The Soul Frequency about feeling the feels. And what's what's ironic too, after, you know, coaching in, an, in a very intimate setting, um, hundreds and hundreds of people at this point, is that I actually feel like the more you hold back who you really are, and the more you hold back love, that never seems to work out anyways, right? Like the thing you're afraid of the most actually happens when you're holding everything back and holding everything in, and that it actually hurts worse than if you are to be fully open in all of your love and all of your authenticity and all of your freedom with that person, and it just doesn't work out, you, you leave going, I was everything. Like you have no regrets, right? It's like, I was fully me. And like, what is there to regret? Where if you go into a situation, you're closed off, you go, what if I would have been more open? What if I would have loved differently? And the regret is really what people hold on to. And it follows, right? Their lives in so many different ways. And we're definitely doing a whole episode on forgiveness because I, yes, there's so much to share on that. The third pillar is experience, which is the clearing that happens when we release the old stories, the constructs, the things that we were taught to believe. It creates a space, right? And sometimes that space can freak us out. Like, oh my gosh, there's so much space. What do I do? And you, and some people have the, the feeling of like, I got to run back to what I know because all of this space but the space is exactly how we step into a new experience. And I say it's the zero point of creation. It's where you get to create the new energy frequency, literally, that you're going to live within. So as you were releasing all of this stuff, like what was in your space and what is your experience that you've been able to, to step into now that maybe you wouldn't have been able to live 10 years ago, 15 years ago? Well, one of the things I always, uh, one of the things I learned from my best friend was she taught me that nature abhors a vacuum. When you leave space, the world wants to fill it up right away. And being in what I call inquiry, yes. not making decisions, holding the space to give yourself the time to find just the perfect situation is the being in inquiry phase. And I love that phase of my life. One of the things that I learned how to do was sustain the fear of being an inquiry during the first dot bomb. I was part of the dot com boom. I became a multimillionaire. And then the dot bomb hit and we went way down into nothing. And I had to cross that chasm 
and be in inquiry as to what my future would hold. Later, we invested all, we picked up from there and did okay. And then I invested all our, we invested all our money in personalized media thinking we were so close, so close, so close. We lost our house over it. We had to take a hard money loan so we didn't lose our house. We had to sell our house. We had to move into a rental property. We had to just tuck it all back. We had to sell almost everything we owned just to keep living. And then we started over and we finally got enough mastery to have our business make us money. So I've been up and down and up and down. And you just learn how to hold yourself in inquiry to wait for the opportunities to come. They come when you're open to having them present. Yes, it's so great. And I think, you know, when you've had experiences, because I've had those too, and I share about it in my book, um, when you have those experiences and you live through them, you you have a different um, relatedness to the world, right? It's like when some of like your worst fears come true, you're kind of like, oh, I did this, right? And I got through it and life goes on and there's more to create and more to grow. And there's there's a funny like, um, I don't know, resilience that comes from that and realizing like, oh, like I don't have to fear all of these things I'm taught to fear. That when you can be in the inquiry, like you said, and you can remain open, the universe is benevolent, right? And here comes the guidance and here comes the next steps and here comes, you know, something else that wants to be created through you. And all you got to do is listen, have courage and put one foot in front of the other in what comes through. And it's so beautiful. I love that you shared that. The fourth step is a line, which is, I kind of look at it as like the community or the, or the thing that we do in our life, the rituals we do that keep us, keep us feeling good, that keep us in a high vibration, that keep us moving forward in life. So what is one of the things that you do that you feel like really keeps you in alignment? Um, my true north is not filtering myself and just being exactly who I am and not trying to be something someone else wants me to be. And that's what keeps me in alignment. Oh, so beautiful. And courage. you, yeah, and takes a whole heck of a lot of courage and a continual commitment to that courage to see, to be in the inquiry of what's birthing, right? There's always new parts of us like rising to the surface and I love it. You're just a gift to humanity and a gift for the work that you do in the world. And I'm so happy we got to spend this time together. Thank you guys for listening in. I, I can just picture you all going and trying some new things in the bedroom. Um, it's going to be so fun. I'm going to too. So we can all kind of check in and you can leave me a DM at the soul frequency. Let me know how it's going and this will be so fun. And Susan, we'll have you back and we'll talk about forgiveness, but thank you so much for being with us today. It's been amazing. (laughs) My pleasure. It was a joy. Thank you so much. I love your show and I love you. I love you too. I'm Shauna Lee and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes.